0: Welcome to the best works of emerging explicit romance authors. Our curators select a wide variety of tales about the lifelong human quest for satisfying, lasting, and meaningful expressions of sexual health. Steamy Stories Daily Podcast focuses primarily on short stories. Explicit Novels Daily Podcast presents longer format novels over a span of episodes. Subscribe to both Steamy Stories and Explicit Novels In your favorite podcasting app. And now, today's story. The Sex Doll Crime Spree, Part 2. Robot Sex Doll on the Loose. By Anonymous Perv. Listen to the podcast at Steamy Stories. I'd played a prank on my boss. He made his latest sex robot doll as a replica of me, so I filled in the bot during a series of tests. But it went too far, when I was getting felt up. That plus my nipples look visibly different, and respond to arousal in a very elevated way. I changed the topic. Brody, you never made me aware of just how far you've come with this technology. I pointed to Samantha. What do you mean? This isn't just a, I dropped my voice to a whisper, as if I was afraid I'd insult my clone, sexbot. You've got her doing stuff that's going to create strong, emotional connections to the end-user. Yes, exactly. Do you not understand how dangerous that is? I asked. I didn't have a master's degree or PhD like the others, but even I knew this was treading on very dangerous territory. Sam, do you think you could put your clothes on? Before we continue this conversation... I slapped the straps back over my shoulders and adjusted my bits. Then I pressed for more information. Was this the plan all along? Brody sighed, looking to Samantha, then back to me. Honestly, no. Pete and I only realized it ourselves when we started testing. As you can see, Eros has developed an AI that is incredibly responsive to instructions and the environment around it. It also keeps a database of experiences it has with each person it interacts with, remembering their personal responses to previous situations. It can customize how it behaves with every individual. Samantha stepped forward, interrupting, I would prefer you recognize that I am in the room when speaking about me. You could even include me in the conversation. And my pronouns are she and her. She actually sounded a bit snarky on that last line. I responded, Samantha, I don't think I've ever seen anything like you. You're more than what I was expecting. I mean that as a compliment, but it doesn't negate the shock. I was testing her while talking. Acknowledging her presence, as she asked, while also complimenting her and seeing how well she could process complex human emotion. Samantha smiled, almost flirting with me, before she addressed her boss. So, are we gonna fuck or not? The question came out of nowhere and Brody stuttered, trying to come up with a response. I injected myself, it's good to know your core programming is functioning, I said. Yes, and I'd like to fulfill it, please. She stepped closer to me, reaching for my neckline, softly touching my skin. Think how kinky it would be with the both of us. She leaned in, whispering a question, you're the one I'm modeled after, isn't that right? The sultry bot asked me. I nodded slowly, desperately seeking Brody's attention for any help. I was turned on and scared at the same time. The bot went on, I like how you look, Sam. I think you're very pretty. Brody told me I'm pretty, too. He told me this morning, in fact. I glanced over to Brody and he was red in the face. Samantha held my face in her open hands and made me look her in the eye. Would you like to suck Brody's cock with me, Sam? I was barely able to move my head with Samantha in control, but my eyes were darting all over. The view to Brody was obstructed by Samantha. I nodded, nervously. Samantha smiled again, nodding with me. That's right, Sam. We're going to suck your boss cock. I'm not entirely sure we had a choice. Brody and I found ourselves trapped into doing whatever Samantha wanted. In the moment, it was the hottest thing I had ever experienced. I certainly am not proud to be admitting this, but it would be bereft of me to leave out. I explored Samantha's body almost as much as Brody's. It was fascinating, like fucking oneself in third person. Except for her nipples, we were identical to a T., I had to make her come, just out of curiosity, and she made her orgasms appear more authentic than my actual, very authentic ones. I was almost jealous. It was as if, when she came, she was able to quell some insatiable fire inside her. I wondered how long it lasted. To top the impromptu threesome off, Samantha swallowed Brody's load like it was cotton candy. My brain was melting, how that was even possible. But I am sure Eros had developed some sort of cleaning system that allowed this feat to be part of the experience. She swallowed every drop. My face was inches away, jaws aching from taking Brody's cock in it for so long, and I was dripping wet and playing with myself. I finally came, just as Brody was finishing. Before Brody and I left for the night, Brody instructed Samantha to keep our encounter to herself. He shut her off and said the same to me, along with, I really like you, Sam, but I don't think it's a good idea to have relationships with the staff. I held my hands up. I never would have even pressed for such a thing, not that I didn't enjoy it. But yeah, Samantha was persistent. I didn't feel like we had a choice. Brody scratched his head. Yeah, she's very good. Amazing programming. How she can interact with us like that? So is that how you're going to do it, Brody? I challenged him. I'm off limits, so you made an exact replica of me to have a tryst with? I winked. Brody had no words. And a ham sandwich? I shouted. Excuse me? Brody was puzzled. She told me you had her make a ham sandwich. I crossed my arms, huffing. Brody knew I was disappointed in him. Okay, okay. Listen, I was just testing her, myself, because I think Eros has a lot more in mind than what we were told. When we turned Samantha fully on, it was like speaking to a real person, with real thoughts and feelings. Brody continued. And you know, I am not entirely sure Eros intended to leave us this model. I think she may have been switched. Remember, I finished building the last two units together. The boys at Eros came in and installed the software and took one back, allowing us to test this one. You gotta tell em they can't go so far as to replace actual women, I pleaded, as we walked to the parking lot. You think their technology stops at women? Think bigger, Sam. So you're saying there will be male versions, too? Like, I could have the perfect man. One who cleans up and does the dishes. Compliments me and, I dunno, fucks me, like better than anyone? My thoughts turned more delighted. It sounded a lot better when the sexes were reversed. And never cheats on you, Brody elaborated. Shit, I said. Humanity is fucked. I know why you're thinking that, but isn't it inevitable? We might be first to market, but isn't tech like this going to be inevitable, no matter what? Brody tried to convince me. Brody was right. I bit my lip, thinking on it. He leaned in, whispering to me just before I got in my car. By the way, you give amazing head. Thank you. He laughed, waving goodbye. I felt flattered, not harassed, but I was pretty confident Brody meant what he said earlier about not doing that again. Damn right. I proudly responded. Promotional campaign launches In mid-May, Eros AI held a teleconference with Brody's Bodies. We launched the marketing materials at the end of this month, said Renru, the president of Eros AI. The core group at Brody's Bodies were hosting a meeting with him and two others from their company. Did you supply all the video to our marketing department, he asked Brody. Sent everything over last week. They said they'd have some cuts by now. Maybe you should check in on them. Brody reported proudly. Yes, I know they're getting close. I just wanted to be sure they got it all, thank you. As always, we appreciate how prompt you have been with every deadline. Rung complimented our team. Brody smiled. Yeah, it's been pleasant working with your team, too. I've had third parties involved with my work before, but never with the level of professionalism I have experienced with you. I look forward to a long and fruitful relationship. There is one matter, Rin pointed. We need to get one of our dolls back. Engineering wants to run some simultaneous, comparative tests. A few tweaks. I'm sorry, said Pete one of. We only have one unit. You have two. Brody shook his head. I'm sorry, Mr. Rue. We only agreed to keep one. One of my conditions, in fact, but we delivered two to you. You gave us three skeletons. Ron looked to one his men and whispered, then turned back. We are quite sure we only picked up one who picked them up? Brody was asking me. The last time? Two men in a van, I muttered. I pulled out my phone and opened one of the schedulers. They picked the second one up April 23rd. Before that, the first prototype was picked up on March 29th. Again, the Japanese men looked confused. So did we. While the meeting had started great, It certainly didn't end on a good note. Everyone was pointing fingers at everyone. It wasn't until later that night that we got clued into what happened. And it wasn't easy explaining. Getting famous. We're coming to you from the TV5 action copter, shouted television anchorman Tom Morrison. He was in the helicopter, facing the camera, just before it panned to the street where it zoomed in on a car chase in progress. Tom continued shouting, 10 minutes ago, Branch National Savings and Loan was robbed. The culprits got away in an armored car believed to be owned by the bank. They are being chased by three local squad cars at this very moment. It appears they are headed to I-76. The video showed an armored van weaving in and out of traffic, bumping cars off the road and ignoring red lights. Cops, only a block or so behind, were closing in. Tom was giving the play by play just as the van came to a screeching halt, right after passing a busy intersection. A woman, naked from head to toe, jumped out of the vehicle and ran to middle of the intersection, where confused drivers were entangled with the cop cruisers and others on the busy street. All three cruisers stopped, officers hopping out with guns drawn, calling for the woman to keep her hands up and get on the ground. The cameraman in the helicopter zoomed in on the nude woman and Tom was speechless, wondering how they could possibly be airing this live. Finally, he got his thoughts sorted out and yelled to the camera operator, get a good close-up of her face. He knew the guy might be too focused on the other bits. On the ground, the officers were screaming and shouting, when the naked woman suddenly jumped and raced back toward Van. One officer gave chase Another hopped in his car and the last one paused for a moment, before finally getting back in his cruiser, too. Most of the other drivers and spectators in the area had already run off, fearful a gunfight might break out. When the nude girl suddenly jumped in a silver Prius parked 10 yards past the van, the cop chasing her stopped, confused, looking to her and back to the armored van. Suddenly, an enormous explosion erupted from the van, throwing the nearby officer to the ground. His ears were bleeding and a shard of metal was stuck in his hip. Had he been any closer, it could have been much worse. He began crawling away from the fire, as other cars nearby were now in flames, too. Up in the sky, the explosion shook the helicopter so badly, the pilot almost lost control. Looks like our rotor took some shock. We need to head back now. Tom, the anchorman, was furious, but kept his eyes on the action just long enough to see Silver Prius take off and turn on to the exit to the interstate, where it joined dozens of other Silver Priuses on the road. An Arrest It was past 10 o'clock on Sunday night, and I was just drying off from a shower and about headed to bed when the front door crashed open. It was almost like it exploded. Three officers practically fell over themselves bursting their way inside with a battering ram. I screamed, when one of them jumped, tackling me to the floor. Samantha Dunning? You are under arrest. Under arrest? I screamed. For what? Armed robbery, public indecency, arson, grand theft, and about two dozen other more offenses. We're taking you in. What? No. I've been here all day. No amount of protesting worked, but thankfully I was allowed to get dressed in jeans and a t-shirt before being cuffed and taken downtown. There, I met Detective Frank Gammon who informed me of the bank robbery and the nude woman who had been filmed. As well as the facial recognition technology they used to track down that woman, i.e., me. I need to make a phone call, I said. I called Brody Pastel rather than a lawyer. I figured he'd bring six lawyers, if necessary. An hour later, he showed up with two, and video footage of what we'd been working on, all in an effort to convince Detective Gammon it wasn't me at the scene of the crime. Oh? You're saying the suspect was a robot, the detective asked, almost laughing. Brody replied, there's no other explanation, considering we're missing one of the units. I've reached out to the other team at Eros to see if they can help on this matter. He had already explained in great detail about Eros AI and our partnership with them. The detective held up his hands. Sorry, folks, but this is too far-fetched. Our facial recognition shows a 99.95% match and that's more than enough to hold Miss Dunning. It's exactly what we intend to do until we get to the bottom of this. Wait, shouted Brody, earnestly looking to me. Show them. Show them what? I asked. The difference between you and our product. Brody said in a matter-of-fact tone. It hit me. Brody met my nipples. Uh, uh. No way, I said. Brody addressed the detective. Sir, if you look at the video footage, you will clearly see the subject's nipples. She was naked. Obviously, we saw them, Detective Gammon scoffed, sneering at me. You need to see Sam's, though. Hers are distinctly different. I wanted to bury my head in the ground. The detective asked, is that true, ma'am? I nodded. The detective let out a sigh, okay, let's see him. If you want a chance of getting out of here without being booked. For the record, I'm not demanding this. I'm allowing you to present evidence of your own initiative, do you understand, miss? Uh, yes. I dreadfully acknowledged. And here I was, flashing my tits in front of my boss, two attorneys, and the detective. I wasn't just flashing, either. I had to allow for a very up-close and personal inspection. Detective Gammon wanted to make sure I wasn't using makeup or prosthetics to make my nipples appear so thick and large. He pinched them, pressed them in, and even tugged on them. He stepped out of the room, then re-entered with a lighted magnifier and some hand wipes. After studying my nipples and trying to hide his boner, he said, Amazing. I've never seen anything like them. Told you, sir, said Brody. Why didn't you give the robot nipples like her, asked Gammon to Brody, as if I wasn't even in the room. We wanted to keep things, I guess, normal, is the word to use. Every woman's breasts are more unique than we are led to believe. But fashion designers create bras to allow a woman to conform to her own perception of normal. But these are so much better, exclaimed the detective. Can I put my shirt down now? I asked. Trying to conceal my pride in my better tits. Detective Gammon took another long look before nodding. Yeah, okay, so you aren't the girl, after all. And you guys are all deemed material witnesses by your own statements. You better get busy finding this missing robot of yours. She, um, it, implicates your company in this whole fiasco. Brody looked angry. Don't worry. We'll find it. Really late. Brody and I were headed back to the shop at 2.30am, the moment we left the station. He was too infuriated to go to bed and insisted that we begin tracking down the rogue robot immediately. How do you intend to find her? I asked. All units should be connected, I'm sure of it. Samantha can help. We booted Samantha up once we got back to the shop and Brody wasted no time in asking the right questions. I'm not sure I can assist you, she said. That unit stopped transmitting a location three days ago. Can you tell us her last location? Brody asked. Of course, said Samantha. After you fuck me. I'm sorry, said Brody. I need it and I want you, Samantha insisted. I was stunned how authentic she came across when saying she wanted something. How could a robot want someone, become emotionally attached and committed, even craving someone in particular? No, we don't have time, Brody demanded. Then I won't help. Samantha crossed her arms, pouting. Really? Brody looked to me, pleading. I want it right now. Samantha repeated. Sam can join, too. In fact, I'd like that. And for the second time, we found ourselves in a three-way. I was impressed how Brody worked to please the both of us, even if one of us was artificial. This time, I spent more time on Brody than previously. I wanted to taste him and I whispered as much to Samantha. Okay, Sam, she said softly, smiling. You can swallow him. The way she said the words made me melt. Samantha had a way of making sexy, sexier. She may look like me, but we are not the same. Don't think I wasn't making mental notes of her charming ways. Merit's Hardware After an amazing three-way fuck session on the pull-out sofa bed, in the employee lounge, Brody and I were drenched in sweat and still naked, both of us trying to catch a breath. Samantha sat up from the bed. That was very nice. Thank you. In regards to the other missing Samantha, the last location noted was in the parking lot of Merritt's Hardware, 1170 Hoover Avenue. What's there? I asked Brody. Probably where they parked it while removing the unit's geolocator. Wait, that's on the south side of town, right? Correct, said Samantha. say I is on the north side but Eric Parsons lives in Six Points, which is on the south side. I never trusted that guy. I broke in, just because Eric lives there, doesn't mean he's the one who. It's just a hunch, Sam, but how many people know of our product's existence, its intricate details and also live on the south side of the city? It's too coincidental not to investigate. Brody justified his investigation target. Fine, I huffed. I didn't think this was going to lead us anywhere. I assumed anyone who stole the unit would likely go out of their way to ensure nothing connected them to the crime. Brody called Rinru, of Eros AI, while we drove across the city, explaining the details. The call took a long time, because, well, quite frankly it was too bizarre to fully comprehend. Ren did a quick internet news search and saw several news reports of the salacious details of the car chase portion of the story. When we pulled up outside Brentwood condos in six points, in the mid-morning hours, we instantly got our answer. Brody was indeed insightful. The bank-robbing sexbot could be easily seen through Eric's first floor, east-facing window. Apparently, she was riding him, or someone else, I suppose, on the couch. We sat in the van and watched. Now that's behavior I'd expect from her, said Brody, but not a bank robbery. He pulled out his phone and began filming, zooming in. After capturing a few seconds of it, he stopped recording and texted the video to Detective Gammon and the CEO of Aeros AI, Ren Ru. Not 30 seconds after he sent the file, his phone rang. Ren. Brody said. I could hear a fast-talking voice through the speakers of Brody's phone. That's right. I'm at Eric Parsons' place. Yes, I sent the video to the detective working the case, as well. I know you'd prefer to handle this, but the authorities must be involved. We'd only invite more trouble, otherwise. Suddenly, Brody stopped talking. The voice on the other end was pushing for more information. Wait, sir. The sex act stopped. She's gotten up and put on a robe. Yes, we can see everything clearly. The blinds are wide open. Another short pause. I'm here with Samantha Dunning, the woman who modeled for this product. Yes, that's right. As the two bantered on, I watched what was happening in the condominium closely. I saw the back of Eric's head as he got up from the couch. He stepped into a hall leading to rooms out of view. The sexbot wrapped herself in a robe and grabbed what appeared to be her purse. Brody noticed it, too. Sir, I think she's leaving. The sexbot, leaving the condo. Should we follow her? There was a panic in the voice on the other end. Brody sat up. A kill switch, he asked. Wren kept squeaking on and I wished Brody would put him on speakerphone and that's it? Just those words, in that order? Brody asked, then looked to me. I'll call you back. Brody dropped the phone and faced me. Sam, there's a kill switch. A what? A set of words that will instantly turn the unit off. Potatoes, horse, goblet, duet, remember those words. Now. What? Potatoes, horse, what? Potatoes, horse, goblet, duet. I meekly spat out, potatoes, horse, goblet, duet. Keep saying them in your head. When you say them to this unit, she will shut down immediately. While Brody explained the instructions, we saw Samantha opening the front door of the condo. It led to a walk, which would bring her to this parking lot. I looked around, but didn't see a silver Prius. So, look. Ren wants us to shut her down, if possible. Even more, he wants us to find out what really happened before the police do and I have an idea. Say those words and shut her down. Then, put on that robe she's wearing and go back inside. Find out what you can from Eric. But what if he knows I'm not the bot? It would be very hard to tell, Sam. You are identical in every way. And it will only be for a few minutes before the police arrive. Ren assures me that Eric is a non-violent geek. So? Will you do it? It's up to you, but I know damn well that I'd like some insight on how this all went down. The other robot closed the door behind her. Any second now, we would see her come out to the parking lot. I didn't have time to think about it. I jumped out of the car and ran to the east side wall of the building. When she comes into view, I'd be behind her. And while my heart was racing, when it all went down, it was rather uneventful. I rushed up behind her, shouting, potatoes, horse, goblet, duet. Before she even had time to turn to address me, she dropped like a rag doll. Brody came running up. Quick, grab her legs. We'll drag her back to the car. We were lucky not to be seen and a few minutes later, Brody was undressing the bot in the back of the cargo van. So, what am I supposed to do? I was puzzled. Strip and put that on? Would you? Brody pleaded. I sighed. I'd been through so much already, I suppose this wasn't a big ask. I was running on fumes after a stressful and sleepless night. But the adrenaline was now flowing. Brody had already seen every intimate detail of me, anyway. I quickly stripped out of my clothing, while Brody stripped the bot of her robe. He also took her purse. I asked, So where was she going? What if Eric isn't expecting her to come back so soon? Brody sighed. Tell him you can't find the keys. What keys? I was clueless. I don't know what they're for, but there are keys in her purse. Brody explained. This is a terrible idea, I exclaimed. I grabbed the purse and headed to Eric's apartment. I tossed the keys found in the bot's purse in a nearby bush before walking through the door. I suppose I could say I was scared, but excited is a better descriptor. I had no idea what I was in for, but I looked forward to seeing how much I wrangle from Eric while pretending to be the sexbot he had just fucked. Samantha? Back already? Eric's hair was wet and he was drying it with a towel. He must have taken a quick rinse, because he was completely naked. I was bit caught off guard by two things. One, discovering the name of the third sexbot is also my name, again. And two, how a nerd like Eric Parsons could be damn fit under his clothing. Maybe I was ranking him higher in my mind because my expectations were so low, but on a scale of 1 to 10, he was easily a 9. I lost my keys, I said. I chose not to say his name in case she used a pet name for him. What do you need keys for? The convenience store is just two blocks. Oh, i I was just thinking in case the door was locked. Well, I'm not leaving. Samantha, are you okay? Oh, no. He was beginning to realize something was off. Thinking fast, I improvised, well, the truth is, I really just wanted to see you again. I couldn't wait. You are so handsome, and I, well, you know, I am so horny. I was only guessing how his Samantha works, but if it was anything like the one in our shop, she'd be oversexed. It seemed to be working because Eric smiled. I think I need to sort through your code again. Maybe turn you down a bit. I stepped towards him, being careful to pitch my voice down to match the bots. But, maybe I like me this way. I gave a little jiggle, giggling. Um, before I go to the store, I do want to ask you something. Yes? Tell me, are you sure we won't get caught? Eric suddenly looked confused, stepping back. ''Hey, who are you?'' he shouted. I desperately looked to the window, but from the inside, it only reflected in. Hopefully, Brody would see I was in distress. I mean it. ''Who are you?'' ''What did you do with Samantha?'' ''I'm Sam.'' I shouted back. And the statement was true, to an extent. ''No, you're not. Are you the other bot?'' Tell me what is happening. I shouted. For some reason, I just didn't deem Eric that much of a threat. He threw his hands up in the air, just as Brody came barging through the door. You, he shouted. He looked back to me. Wait. Sam? From the? Yes. And you're caught. So what are you going to do now? Eric grunted, rolling his eyes. Jesus, relax. The whole point was to get caught. Brody eased up on his tense look. What? Brody, I'm sorry, but I cannot, in good conscience, support bringing this product to market. What I did today was to prove that these bots could be used for far more nefarious purposes than just sex. And that's exactly what would happen, you know? These things would be used for love. For the replacement of love. Unfortunately, I also know people wouldn't give a shit that the existence of these machines could risk ending the whole, damn human race, so I had to something more extreme. Something that will scare people enough to write legislation right now to outright ban these damn things. Brody looked like he'd been hit by a brick. That's absurd, he said. Why didn't you just bring this up to Rin? And aren't we more than capable of writing the code to limit the bot's tasks? Brody, hackers and modders will always exist. What I did today was a very tiny tweak in programming and bam, I get a bot to help me rob a bank. It isn't absurd. It's necessary. Sirens could be heard in the distance. Brody continued to argue with Eric as they got louder. I was glad this would soon be over but curious how this whole fiasco would affect our future. Suddenly, two cops came crashing in, yelling at everyone to get on the ground. One of them stepped toward me, talking to his other partner while we lay prone on the floor. Hey, this is that girl on that all-points bulletin? The one that robbed that bank. No, I am not that girl. I shouted. The man rushed and took one of my wrists, reaching for the other to cuff me. I yanked my arm back, screaming. No. I mean it. I am not her. And without thinking about it, I tore the robe open, exposing my body, my rock-hard, unique nipples on full display. The cop jumped back. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, ma'am. I guess you can't be her, but the resemblance is remarkable. All, except for the... Yes, yes, I know. I screamed. I have weird nipples. Well, no, I mean, yeah, but, uh, I mean, they're fantastic dash. I screamed again, cutting him off. Things really had gotten out of control these last few days. Back at the office. We were back at the offices in an afternoon teleconference meeting with Ron, a handful of attorneys, and Detective Frank Gammon, who was also invited. We had poured through all of Eric Parsons' transgressions and motivations and now the topic had diverted to the dangers of the product. Run was laying out his argument. We recognize the flaws. Mr. Parsons could have chosen a different path to expose them, but we do recognize them. We have decided to code another failsafe. Any command or interaction, other than a sexual one, will automatically engage the kill switch. The unit will be unable to boot for 24 hours and the interaction will be logged. We can hold people accountable for trying to trample with the product. I sighed, leaning back in my chair. I was coming down from my adrenaline rush and getting sleepy. It seemed like a lot of legalese would be involved, but eventually thousands of men around the world would be fucking a sex bot modeled after me. I laid my head down on the conference table. It felt kind of good, in a weird way. I wondered how many people would mistake me for one of them. The others in the room noticed my exhaustion and continued their discussion, expecting me to nod off. My life might never be the same. I'd be famous, or infamous, but wealthy enough to deal with the unwanted attention. My imagination became blurred with some bizarre dreams, and a few nightmares. Men chasing me down the shoreline of the beach, hoping for a fuck. Another dream involved me having to flash a tit every time a cop denied my civil rights and yelled, potatoes, horse, goblet, duet at me. Suddenly I awoke and reflexively lifted my t-shirt, showing my authentic nipples to everyone in the conference, hoping to gain their approval. About three seconds later I wanted to crawl in a hole. Sorry, I said, blushing at what I'd just done. I just had a terrible dream. The spin-off venture opportunities might be endless. All I wanted was a damn job. Not to become a global sex symbol. By Anonymous Perv, for Literatica. Thanks for joining us for today's episode, we hope you found pleasure and inspiration. Come back tomorrow as we continue to bring you more explicit romance tales and subscribe to our podcast feeds in your mobile devices to access our entire library of hundreds of daily episodes. Happy dreams.